right. I saw a story and it was all about people choosing a fridge-free lifestyle. And I was reading this story and it went into detail as to why some people are making this choice and doing it for the environment and that it's actually becoming a thing. More and more people are deciding to ditch the fridge. And that left me with a lot of questions. What that would be like? Would it really make a difference? And then I saw this story and it featured Josh Spodek, who is a host of the award-winning This Sustainable Life podcast. He's also a four-time TEDx speaker, a best-selling author as well. And yes, you guessed it, somebody who has stopped using a fridge. Well, Josh Spodek joins me on the line now to talk a bit more about this. Thank you so much for being here. Glad to be here. Uh, this is a, a, a movement, I guess, or it seems like this is becoming uh, more popular. How, when and why did you get rid of your refrigerator? Well, I still have it. I just unplugged it. And uh, I actually opened it a little while ago. And I, I confess there's a little mold in it because I haven't opened it in so long. <laughs> but uh, the, there's a, a long story. Ten years ago, I challenged myself. I looked at how much garbage I produced, and I challenged myself to go for a week without buying any packaged food, with no anticipation. Actually, I live in New York, and I thought I'm going to be giving up the best food in the world, and I'm not good. Of a, I'm not that good a cook, but I ended up learning how to cook, you know, more than just like heating up some pasta, and that led me to find that it was actually cheaper and more convenient and tasted better when I cooked my own after I learned. And that had this mindset shift that I started thinking, what else could I do? And I read this article just by chance. This is, there was no intent. You know, you're talking about a movement, and I, I didn't know anything about anything. I just read this article, and it said that a lot of the world doesn't refrigerate. It was, it was about Vietnam. And it said that they have different food systems, and so the food delivery is like, it's all much more local. And at the time, I thought, well, my fridge is my, most, my greatest source of pollution here. And I'd learned from these other experiments I did before that if I analyze and plan too much, it just delays. So before I could stop myself, I walked over and unplugged the fridge. And that's as far, I did not think past that. I was, it was just figuring I'd probably have to plug it in a day or two later. And I made it three months with no, like, you know, I had, a, I had something like a day to eat the stuff that was in the fridge at that moment. And then I just had to figure things out. And that's been a process, of, a really joyful process. People describe me as extreme, but really I feel more traditional because much of the world doesn't have refrigerators and, and no one had a refrigerator more than something like 100 years ago. And I'm connecting with family and, and learning about indigenous cultures and not just by going there, but like, how does it work? Hmm. And so how did it change? So did you also then, when you unplugged the refrigerator, did you also stick with your no packaged foods rule as well? Yeah, I, I, the original goal was a week with zero. And then since then, it's been pretty minimal. So not absolute zero, but it takes me actually, it's, for most people, it seem pretty close because I'm in my fourth year on this one load of garbage still. So it's pretty low compared to most, but I still feel like any plastic is going to be around for a long time. So I try to avoid it. And yeah, actually not using the fridge has led me to find it, I keep finding these opposites. I thought, you know, if, if I make a casserole and I, would, I don't want it to go bad, I would, I used to think put it in the fridge, but 
that's one use. But systemically, if I have the fridge, I get stuff that can be refrigerated. If I instead, I have to get mostly fresh fruits and vegetables, which stay, you know, a tomato I can keep on the counter for a while and squashes for months and cabbages for months. Lettuce. This is crazy. If I put lettuce in water, it actually grows. <laughs> so I have more the longer I let it sit. Uh, and is there anything, though, that you had to give up because it just didn't work as far as you needed to refrigerate it? The answer to your question is yes. But when I, it doesn't feel that way anymore because what I've given up, what at the time felt like giving up, I now, it's, it's, everything's been replaced with fresh fruits and vegetables and, and grains from the, from the bulk section. And so I, I don't feel like I've given anything up. I feel actually like I live close to a farmer's market. And a big part of what I do is to create more demand for farmer's markets so that they grow because there's lots of places without access. And I think the, the worst way to increase access is to not shop there. And oh, here's a secret. I, uh, you guys aren't close to New York, so... <laughs> If I get to know the vendors, they give me free vegetables. Ah. It's not more expensive. And the, I, when I go to the farmer's market, and I, also I have this, I don't know if you know, I have a CSA, which is um, every week of, there's a particular farm that delivers these vegetables to a drop-off point, And I, I and all the other people who are subscribed, we go and pick it up. So I get a bigger variety than I used to get. And the joy, one of the joys of the CSA is I don't know what I'm going to get until I get there. So I get there, and sometimes there's something I don't know what it is. Like, uh, you know, the first time I got maybe a kohlrabi, I didn't grow up eating them. So I'm like, what do I do with this? And I have to figure it out. And so I don't feel a sense of loss. I feel instead of like, wait a minute, people have been eating food locally here for like 10,000 years. And that's how cuisine happens. Is It's like, here's the food make it good. And then I got to figure it out. And at first, I got to be honest, there was a good six months of very bland food of just, I would just steam everything. And, but I didn't like that. You know, I wanted to make it interesting. So then it was really discovering and playing around and, you know, some things didn't work out, but some things did. You mentioned the casserole though. So what do you do if you have leftovers? There's winter and there's summer. So when I first did it, it happened to be December. And my windowsill is cooler than the rest of the apartment. So I put stuff on the windowsill. So that first time I made three months, it was December, January, February. And I, it was just like using the fridge. I just put stuff on the counter. But since that article was about Vietnam, which is hot and humid, I knew I could make it later. So the next year I started a little earlier in November and made it six and a half months to you know, spring. And I started fermenting and figuring out how to um, pickling and things like that, which I'd never grown up doing. I, I, none of what I do now did I know how to do before. It was really just, I'm a kid playing with Lego. I'm just, how does this stuff fit together? Is it interesting? And so do you ever see a time when you might go back or, or even say missing having a freezer or are you, you happy with this and this is a, a change you've made that will be a permanent change? I wish I thought this far ahead. I, I, it's re- I'm pretty sure I'm not going to plug it back in on my own. When I visit friends, you know, I'm fine to eat out of their fridges if they serve me something. There's, you know, a lot of people when they look at the, our environmental issues, and it's not just climate because there's plastic and there's, you know, um, depleting aquifers and all these things. And I don't, 
Now I'm not getting stuff that was shipped from California. So when I when I felt helpless, I didn't want to do anything. I, if I really look back, the first time that I tried to avoid packaged food, I think I secretly wanted to fail so that I could just give up and say, well, what can I, I tried too hard. It doesn't work. But instead, I found that it was joyful and, frankly, delicious and saved money and time. After I'd learned to cook, it, it, there was that bland period that didn't go so well. <laughs> right. But when, you know, it's like kind of going through withdrawal. And I don't want to speak too lightly about something, but it was now I, I feel more connected than ever with the people on the receiving end of the pollution, people in, who are suffering around the world, because when I felt powerless, I felt disengaged. Now I feel powerful and engaged. And, and by the way, I'm not pretending that my actions divided by 8 billion round off to anything much, but I also consult with leaders of big, or, big very polluting organizations, executives. And what I learned, I mean, I think the most important thing we can do is to lead, well, change culture. And this enables that. I think it's very, I think it's impossible to lead someone else to live by values that I would live the opposite of. So this is, for my work with executives, this is absolutely essential to live by my values, to, to lead with integrity. Well, it is a very interesting, uh, interesting uh, way of doing things. And uh, I'm so glad that you were able to talk with us today because I was very curious about living without a refrigerator. Josh, we'll leave it there. But thank you again so much for making time for us today. Thank you. If you come by New York, come by for some of my stew. 